but behind curtains under the table they do totally different and so they are permitted to say that lie uh, that oh we are allowing in fact the two largest tv stations yesterday you know the presenters which interviewed the taliban leadership were women the taliban do not allow women why they do that because to show the international community you see we are for women we are not against women but that's not the truth that's not the reality you wait and see what will happen next god's word tells us in hebrews 13:3 remember those who are in prison as though in prison with them and those who are mistreated since you also are in the body hi and welcome to mid south viewpoint you can't help but have a broken heart a very concerned compassionate heart as a follower of christ when you look at the news and hear the stories coming out of afghanistan we felt it was important as christ followers to address this thinking about our brothers and sisters in this land right now in dismal conditions desperate times but we have a god who provides hope through jesus christ we want to share today with a couple of gentlemen who are quite familiar with afghanistan having both lived there first of all welcome someone who's new to the studio and someone who has been a friend from the past here on Mid-South Viewpoint, Hussein Andreas. So good to see your smiling face here back again. Thank you again for inviting us. And we also want to welcome Pastor David Payman. Thank you so much for having us here. You both have connections to Afghanistan. I know, Hussein, you were actually born in India, and your family moved to Afghanistan. That's right. Well, my forefathers come from Afghanistan, although I was born in India. I uh, was in Afghanistan during the invasion of uh, the Soviet. I was actually a member of the Mujahideen resistance movement. I showed you last time my photograph of uh, me driving a Russian Battery 62, which we captured from them. So I was an Islamist fighter in Afghanistan, yes, in 1983. But it was for about a period of nine years, I believe, that you investigated the teachings of Jesus Christ, comparing them to Islamic beliefs, and you came to a conclusion. That's right. It was 1980 when I received uh, torn pages of the Bible, especially the Gospel of Matthew, where in the fifth chapter, the Lord Jesus Christ said that you have heard that it was said to love your neighbors and hate your enemies. But I tell you to love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you and despitefully use you. Now, I was stuck only within this much of the scripture for nine long years, from 1980 to 1990, for a long period of time, during which, uh, of course, uh, I was caught with the Bible in Iran also. They tortured me. These marks on my fingers that you see, they are electrocution marks, and they cut my body with knife and things like that. But God took me through all those things. I studied in two of the largest Islamic universities, one in Iran, one in Egypt, and God took me to Pakistan from there, from Egypt. There, a Punjabi uh, man who was a bicycle repairer on the footpath shared the gospel with me, even though I was challenging him. But God took me further from there, and I went to India in May of 1990. And on October of that same year, Baptist preacher was preaching on one of the um, community halls, and I was invited there. The Lord directly spoke to me about how to love your enemies. And I was struggling with that, and there I gave my life to the Lord Jesus Christ on the 14th of October, 1990. What a beautiful story, Hussein. And Pastor David, I know you have a story, too. Can you share some of your backstory? Yes, thank you. And uh, 
I born in Afghanistan. Yeah, my my father and my grandfather they are imams, like a priest of Muslim, and they taught me how to be a good Muslim. When I was eleven years, I left my country because of Taliban came on ninety、uh, ninety. Yeah, they came came inside of Afghanistan, and then I have to leave. I went to Pakistan. I was struggling with these two kind of Muslim Shia and Sunni, and I was said. Which one is the right Muslim? And I start to asking God, "Where are you?" And of course, I've been to Iran and I studied about Islam, the biggest university where our brother Hussein he studied there. I've been there for a few months, and then from there, and I was in Iran for for five years, and then I've been back to Pakistan. On two thousand, I went to Saudi Arabia. In Saudi Arabia, six time I have been to Mecca for the pilgrimage to find God, to find the peace I was searching for. And the six time of my Hajj on the way between Medina and Mecca, someone came and shared his testimony with me. He, he, the guy, he was from Syria and he's a Muslim background, convert to Christ, and he shared his testimony. It makes me really angry and upset, and I try to fight with him and also try to convert him back to Islam. The end of our conversation, he asked me to pray for me, and he start to pray. When he prayed, it seems that he knew my heart. He seems, he seems that I'm searching for something that he knew, and that's a big question in my mind that to know about Bible. And he gave me a New Testament, and I start to read. And then、uh, six months later, I went to Afghanistan on 2007, and I start to read Bible from there. And I found my the Bible in my own language, and then I start to read. Then whilst I'm still Muslim, I'm reading Bible. I got persecuted from my neighbors and from my imams, where they are try to taught us. I have to escape my country. 2007 on November 2007, I went to India. In India, I met an Afghan Christian、uh, in India, and then they start to share gospel with me. I was fighting with them. I was very rebellious. Almost every day, I used to fight with them. And then one guy he invited me to the church. I went to the church, and the same day, I found out that this is something real here, because on that day, pastor was talking from Matthew chapter eleven verse twenty eight, and he said that. All you have burden, come to me. I will give you the rest. And Jesus said, "I will give you the rest." I was searching for the rest. I was searching for the peace. On that day, they all prayed for me, and then that prayer changed my life. And three months later, I give my life to Jesus, and I follow Him. Pastor David, what a beautiful story! Another testimony. Everybody who discovers Christ. His grace, the forgiveness that He provides through His cross. Amen. There's something. It's hard to put in words. It's freedom, true freedom for the soul. The peace. Who's saying that we're talking about looking for that all human life is looking for is only found in Christ. Amen. One of the things that、uh, you know I find fascinating in the Bible is the teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ. We find it in the 14th chapter of the Gospel of John, where He says, "I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through Me." I find it fascinating because humanity has always been in search of these three: a way, what is truth. And life, how can somebody extend his life? I mean, we have these new age thoughts that you know we are gods, and we can with this, that, and the other technology,、yeah. we can put our age more and stuff like that. But none of them are true. But the true is 
in the truth, and that is Jesus. He says, I'm not one of the ways. I'm not just leading you to the truth. Yes. I'm not just showing the way to the life. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So the only way to God, the only way to eternal security of salvation is through Jesus Christ, because he has all the three elements of that which human seek. Yes, I love that. Well, gentlemen, his Taliban forces have basically swallowed up Afghanistan, and even now the city of Kabul. Pastors in the country have been emailing and messaging, we need people to pray. Uh, You might even have friends and possibly family that still live in Afghanistan. But these recent reports that we're hearing on the news, Pastor David, give us some of your thinking right now. Oh, yes, like what you said, we have friends and pastors and house churches there, and of course they are in suffering. It's like biblical. Suffering is biblical. Follower of Jesus have to be suffer for, for his kingdom. Of course, that uh, we have been in contact with them, and they, they're ready to die for Jesus. They're ready to die for their faith. We really need to pray for them. Pray for encouragement. Pray for the hope. Many are lost their hope and pray that the non-believer, they can find Jesus, especially the believers be shine on the, the darkness in Afghanistan, especially in Kabul. Well, I understand in early July, Afghan pastors and church leaders made a difficult decision to formally register their faith with the Afghan government against the advice of many people. The Afghan church leaders felt compelled for the sake of future generations to legally declare their true faith in Christ. And they said... Someone should make this sacrifice so the next generation can openly call themselves followers of Jesus. That's pretty powerful, Hussein. It is. The fact is that in April of 2019, a gathering of the Afghan Christian leaders from Afghanistan were flown by a gracious brother in Christ to Dubai. And I was invited from here to go to Dubai to be in that meeting. That is where this group of believers, they were deciding on how to proceed with registering with the government that we are Christians. It is a hard thing. The fact is that I oppose this saying that they have to wait, uh, but I'm no one to, you know, stand, wear their shoes because uh, there is a next level of faith, you know. We sit here in America, we talk a lot about things, and if we are hungry in the middle of night, we can just go to a McDonald's or a drive through That is not the thing in Afghanistan. When we talk about Afghanistan, you call yourself Christian, you mean that you are a Christian. You mean that I submit myself to you, O God, and if I live or die, it is you. Exactly like Paul says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Now, to live is Christ part of what Paul says in the first chapter of Philippians. That is the hardest part, not the dying and gaining part, because to die, it is glory. Woo! You are in glory, and there is no pain there, and you will not look for backward to come back to earth. But to live as Christ is to bear his cross, and the cross of Jesus Christ is not one of those small little necklaces that we wear, gold, silver, this, that, and the other, but it is a real rough, rugged cross to bear it and to say, Lord, count me privileged to suffer for you. Like Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. That is Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. It is a picture that is unseen in the Western society because we don't suffer at all. We don't suffer here at all. And suffering and 
true Christianity begins with the suffering church in Afghanistan and those countries. Well, Pastor David, that brings us to this question here for the American church looking at persecution. Who doesn't? I mean, our our persecution is having to wait extra long on Sunday after church to get our food brought to the table. No persecution in comparison, but as Hussein has said, suffering for Christ is a privilege. Suffering is not easy. The disciple doesn't want to suffer. Disciple doesn't want to suffer. After they receive Christ, after they knew they are refugees in this earth, and then they knew they are going to heaven, thus they start suffering in their life because they don't live for this earth. They live for eternal life, which is exactly in Afghanistan. They don't live for this earth. They live for eternal life, and they knew the value of suffering. Talk about the church in Afghanistan right now, even prior to occupation of the Taliban. In recent years, the leaders of the church have faced harassment from Afghan government officials, even though the Constitution has protected them. So in the previous Constitution, there was protection for Christians? No, no, there is not any protection from the government, from anyone in Afghanistan to protect them from their suffering. They give their life to Christ, and they suffer. So it's not legal to be a Christian in Afghanistan? No, there is not a legal. If somebody finds that you're a Christian, is the penalty is dead. You just talk to people, yeah, just didn't come and kill me. That's the, the real mean of becoming a Christian in Afghanistan. Of course, the reality of the church in, uh, in Kabul, in Afghanistan, is all underground church. When we're talking about church, it's all house church. They meet in, in the car, they meet in the office, they meet in the park, they meet in wherever they can meet. It's the largest church. It starts from 3 to 7. They don't meet more than that because... They don't want that people find it out that here is a church or like they don't call church as a building. They call church as a person. That's why they are the real mean of the church in Afghanistan. Hussein, you have entire media directed into Afghanistan, running over 32 websites in three different languages. Your main objective is to support the Afghan Christians, not only in Afghanistan, but around the world. Yes, sir. I would like to add first to what uh, my brother David said. In Afghanistan, there are two laws that go parallel, but one, one is more superior than the other. One is the international law, which is United Nations Chartered for Human Rights. And of course, Afghanistan is a signee of that law, being member of the United Nations. And the other is uh, the Sharia, which means law, but it is an Islamic law. Now, Islamic law is above every other law. So where the conflict comes for human rights, if it does not match with the Islamic law and decree, there the Islamic law is the rule of the law of the country. And that is uh, the biggest dilemma and confusion in the international community where the Afghan government has signed that charter and yet they cannot follow because Quran, according to them, is above every other law. And which according to uh, if you're religious, uh, is all right. But then the right of the minorities who are not Muslims is ceased to exist there. And that's the thing. And yes, uh, about your uh, question about the media, praising the Lord, the past 31 years I have been in the media and preaching the gospel through radio and television programs. And God has called out from among the Muslims thousands of people to trust Jesus Christ during all these years of 
uh, ministry. And I praise the Lord that younger brothers are taking that responsibility now, although I am supporting still and uh, praising the Lord that it will continue. One thing that I would like to mention to your audience, and this is with a lot of respect to my brothers and sisters in Christ who are listening to this message, is this. If you do not give or send, these are the only two options that you have in the kingdom work. If you do not send or go, sending is what you're supporting a ministry, going you yourself, boot on the ground. If you don't do that, remember the words of John the Baptist. Don't think that you are children for Abraham. Don't think in this age and day that you are a Christian because God is powerful enough to create out of the stones children for him Mm. to preach him, to preach his glory, to preach his gospel. So gospel is not limited only to Christians. God can use anyone. But what a privilege that the children of God, the church of God, the church of Jesus Christ goes beyond that and does that. Gentlemen, that is so sobering. The reality, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me daily. There's not an easy believism. Tough stuff, yeah? Tough stuff. This is gospel. My pastor was sharing on Sunday the verse in John four eighteen, when Jesus says, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Jesus wasn't saying, come follow me if you have nothing to do on Saturday, if you're not busy. He's saying, come now. Come That's now. Right. In the original, it is a command to come. It's a never-ceasing job. It is you live your life for Jesus, no matter what time of the day it is, what time of the night it is. One thing that uh, we should learn from the 12-year-old Jesus at the temple, must I not be about my father's business? So the question still should echo, must we Christians not be about Jesus's business? One leader of a house church network that has more than 500 members received on August 12th a letter signed by the Taliban militants threatening him and his family. We know where you are and we know what you're doing. David, did you know this person? Yes, I do know him. Many times I call him and he said, I give my life to Christ and I have to shine for him. Yeah, of course, he gave his life for Jesus. And, and I, that the scripture remind me that when Peter saw Jesus, when Jesus said, Put your net on the right side. When he got a lot of fish, on that moment he didn't see fish. He didn't see anything. He just see Jesus. That's why he leave everything and follow Jesus. And exactly this pastor also. He was a rich man. He was he's a good uh, man of businessman. But he leave everything because he see Jesus on his kingdom, and he give his life for for Christ inside Afghanistan. Taliban leaders of this new government that's forming right now have said that people can live their lives like they do. Women can even do their jobs and they'll be respected. The track record doesn't show that in the past. There was a report that a 14-year-old girl was taken from her family. So what do we know to believe? Well, the Sharia of Islam is very clear about it. They do not preach it here. They do not say that in the Western society. They try to peaceify the religion. They try to peaceify even the Quran. The fact of the matter is that they are using a, an Islamic law which is called taqiyya. Taqiyya is a permissible lie, permissible lie for the promotion of the religion. So they lie. It is permissible lie. And they do that to promote the religion. In this case, Taliban being Islamists, 
They are saying one thing to the cameras, to the international community, but behind curtains, under the table, they do totally different. And so they are permitted to say that lie, uh, that, oh, we are allowing. In fact, the two largest TV stations yesterday, you know, the presenters which interviewed the Taliban leadership were women. The Taliban do not allow women. Why they do that? Because to show the international community, you see, we are for women. We are not against women. But that's not the truth. That's not the reality. You wait and see what will happen next. So we should not be fooled by this, Pastor David. Maybe, maybe. It's a 50% maybe is true for other peoples in Afghanistan, but not for Christian. For Christian, it's they already what Brother Hussein says. It is already clear that if anybody convert to Christ, the penalty is dead. What do you hope that Christians in America will know about your country, Afghanistan? It is very, very necessary for Christians first and foremost to be in prayer, to suffer with your brothers and sisters in Christ, through prayer, putting yourself in place of them, thinking of yourself for a moment that it is not the Afghan Christians suffering that you are actually suffering right there. And my prayer is that God will lift up that blinder from the eyes of many Western Christians who don't understand these sufferings, that they will really indulge in true Christianity to be followers of Jesus Christ and to suffer together, to endure together with their brothers and sisters in Christ who are on the front line, and they're not afraid of death. They're not afraid at all. To them, it is a joy. So I am praying that God, even through this affliction, even through this suffering, will be honored and glorified. I'm uh, looking to Lamentation chapter 3. You see the walls of Jerusalem torn down, broken down, and one elderly prophet, a man full of sorrow. Jeremiah did not care about his own personal sorrow. He cared about the nation's sorrow. The sorrow that God himself has in his heart, man of sorrow, Jesus Christ, has in his heart. He's suffering with that and yet with all the affliction, with he, he speaks about his pain like the wormwood and the gall. And that is bitter. That is bad. And yet, he says, I recall all of these to my mind. He says, I will trust God. And he says, remembering my affliction and my wandering, the wormwood and the gall, my soul continually remembers it. And it is bowed down within me. But this I call to my mind, and therefore I have a hope. That hope is Jesus Christ. And says, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. Now, it is easy to sing a song in the church like that, the steadfast of the love, and make a joyful night and be happy and stuff like that. But this is suffering. God is calling the church for looking into the suffering of the cross. This is no like uh, lifting up your hands in the church and joyfully singing that worship is over and you go to Golden Corral and have some fun. No, it is not like that. It is a continuous suffering. And then uh, it says, his mercies never come to an end. What that means, the chances that God gives us every morning again and again, and they are new 
every morning because of his grace. And therefore, let us not take for granted the love, the kindness, the mercy of God. Let us join together with our suffering brothers in Islamic countries and now especially for the people of Afghanistan, the Christians of Afghanistan, and ask God to have mercy on them. I love America. Let me tell you this. I love America. America gave me a second chance to come. And in fact, I was being sent to Taliban to be killed with my children when the door opened and I came to America. And I love America. But I am a Christian first and then an American. I am Christian first because America will be done away one day. The earth will be done away with. The earth going to be wrapped up and destroyed. But my home in heaven is forever. Therefore, my first citizenship is heaven and my first pledge is to Jesus Christ and to Christendom. Christians need to hear this. I know for some patriots, maybe it is hard to hear, but I have to speak my heart now, not my mind only, but my heart, that our first pledge of allegiance is to God Almighty, to Jesus Christ, who gave us America, who gave us Afghanistan, who gave us the earth to live in, not second. Hussein, very well spoken. Pastor David, prayer. We must pray. That's foundational. But is there other practical things that we could do? Is there places to give financially? What do you recommend? Yeah, my recommend to support them right now. And most of them, they're really in need. And they lost their home. They lost their home in the province. And then they went to the city, Kabul. And then many of them, they refugee now. And we really pray and give. Please Pray and give. And would you recommend a specific organization to give to? You can contact Brother Mark Morris. It's the best contact. You can contact him because he helped refugee. He understands refugee. And Mark has a ministry right here in Memphis. So our friends yes. in the Memphis area, if they want to call the station, we can connect you. But uh, Mark Morris, the name of that ministry, Hussein, are you familiar with it? It's Refugee Memphis because the whole purpose is the refugees come here yes. and we serve them. And of course, Mark is our mentor. He has been uh, gracious to me for many, many years. They David serves the Lord with the navigators, and of course, he is under the supervision of uh, Dr. Mark Morris. Also, toward my ministry, it is AmazingJesus.com. You will find him, his link, and my link in both ways. You can Pastor David uh, also? Yes, sir. Okay, it's and all right there. Give yes, that address again. Yes, it is AmazingJesus.com. AmazingJesus.com. Yes, AmazingJesus.com. It is easy to remember, yeah? Yes. AmazingJesus.com. And also, if you go to Navigator's website, you can easily find my brother's contact and you can inquire from navigators how to support the brother who is serving among the refugees in Tennessee. They will let you know how to support Very this well. ministry. God bless you, my brothers. Thank you for what you're both doing for Christ's kingdom. Thank you for sharing with our friends here on Mid-South Viewpoint today. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Well, friends, that's all the time we have on today's show. Thanks for stopping by. I'm Byron Tyler. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 